0: Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Well, my name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and welcome, welcome to the season of Advent. As you heard, Advent means anticipated arrival. It's the name the gatherings of Jesus followers have put on this season, preparing to celebrate Jesus' birth. For Jesus is an important, amazing gift from God to all humanity. And this season, uh, we are focusing on our Advent on the gift, looking at why the why of God's gift and the gift that keeps giving and needing to be ready to receive the gift and that this gift is grace-given, not earned or deserved. And our hope is that, that you would embrace and interact with the gift of Jesus even more deeply as a result of being involved in this Christmas season, for this gift is an incredible and wonderful gift. As a matter of fact, I'd like to give a gift to somebody here. Anybody want a gift? Sure. (laughs) Anybody want a gift? I can't see right here. Oh, wow, way in the back, come on up. Come on. Yeah, you, yeah, go, go, come on, come on. I've actually got a choice for you, come on up. I've got a choice for you, stand right here, and right down here, face the audience, okay, and you can either choose uh, this, uh, what is on your right, don't look back, what's on your right, you can choose that, or what's on your left, you can choose this. Uh, So uh, you guys can, here you go, yeah, okay. You got that? So which do you want to choose, your right or your left? Left. Your left, okay, look at what you got. Starbucks gift card. Yay, you. You're welcome, wait, but wait. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you another gift to give to somebody on your way back, so find somebody who wants that gift and let them have it. There you go. Who got the gift? Leo. Okay, great job, Leo. Well, these gifts are are gift cards. Aren't gift cards great gifts? Because they're actually two gifts in one, aren't they? You not only receive the gift of the gift card, but now you get to go choose what you want in that, whether it's Starbucks, and you get to choose your own uh, um, whatever drink or whatever, or if it's uh, uh, Target, and you get to choose whatever Target has to offer in that. Gift cards are great. Uh, They're a bit more personal than cash, and yet many go unused. Uh, Did you know that only half of the gift cards given get actually used? Yeah, and a study was done this year, actually in June or July, that those unused gift cards equal over, get this, $23 billion. That's $187 for each adult in the U.S. And I would gather that many of you have a few gift cards laying around that you have not used. Is that true? Yes? Yes? I asked Christy to show me some of the ones and so she showed me this stack. <laughs> this is only half. I'm gonna challenge you with something to do with those unused gift cards in a moment, but uh, this, they have great value. And, and yes, that as you receive those gift cards, it's wonderful to receive them and, and, and it's so meaningful and has great value, but that value really isn't recognized until we actually interact with the gift until we actually go to Starbucks or go to Target and use those gift cards. In the same way it is with Jesus, the gift of Jesus. It's great to know about Jesus and how amazing and awesome and wonderful and incredible this gift of God is to us. But yet it's interacting with that gift that really makes the difference where we sense the great value of that. And so we want to encourage you this Christmas season to interact with Jesus. And that's why we have uh, put together this Gift, this devotional that goes through and helps you interact with the non scriptures that we're using on Sunday morning, but also throughout the week and throughout the month to encourage you and challenge you to interact a bit more with Jesus and a bit more with God. I want to encourage you with that. And our hope is that you would open and enjoy all that God intends for you as we embrace Jesus. But why did God give us this gift of Jesus? Well, Malachi the prophet, excuse me, Micah the prophet uh, gives us a glimpse in Micah chapter five, verses one to five, that first part of verse five, where we find three important reasons for this incredible gift of Jesus. And yet knowing about Jesus is only part of the gift. The true value of the gift of Jesus is experienced when we engage and interact with him. So let's look at this incredible prophecy and prophet of Micah as we delve into this. and so Before we do, would you mind please standing and let's pray and ask God to challenge us. So I'm glad that you're here. I know that God has something for you, so let's ask him to reveal that to us. Father God, thank you for the just the fun of this season, Lord, as we see all the decorations going up in our neighborhoods and all around our city and the places we live. God, thank you for all of that and even in our own homes and and Lord, as we anticipate, have this wonderful Advent season, anticipate celebrating you, Jesus, and your birth and all that it means to us, Lord, we know that you we, we want us to interact with you. And so this morning, as we look at the prophet Micah and see what he has revealed to us of some of the why of this incredible gift of Christ to us, may we gain more, respond better and delve deeper into this wonderful gift of Christ, we pray in the name of Jesus, amen. You can have a seat, and I encourage you to take out the worship folder that John mentioned to you this morning. If you flip it over, there are some blanks to fill in. And I encourage you, the answers will be up on the screen. If you're online with us, thanks for being here and joining us. I encourage you to, the outline is either on our website or you could just take a piece of paper and write it out and encourage you to take some notes. It's always great to do that. That prayer request that's in there, John mentioned, great opportunity, do appreciate you filling that out. We value those prayer requests. I put them, once they're processed, I put them on my desk and I pray for you all week long and I would love to pray for you. So please write a prayer request, stick it in the offering plate as it's being passed later on today. But Micah is a great prophet. Uh, um, The study guide that we've given to you is helpful for you in that. Uh, There's In the lobby area, also it's online. And online, there's a bunch of resources. There's some articles that I've put there that you can click on and link to. There's also in the study guide, it mentions those. And there's also a link to our podcast, which we do most each week that challenges us to go a little bit deeper into these. Well, you can read a lot about the background of Micah the prophet and this particular passage in our study guide, or the, in the devotional, so I encourage you to pick those up. They're in the lobby area. There's a, a donation that's suggested. If you can't do that, that's totally fine. Just take one. We'd really would rather you uh, get into that. But you can read all about the, this passage and the prophet in that. But, but God had given Micah words to share, to give to Israel and the world hope conflicts with the nation Israel has been going on since God established it back when he chose Abraham and his descendants to be his people and as we see in the news it's still going on the conflicts there now the Bible contains much of Israel's history their forming and development was God's choice to bless the world from them would come a light to all nations by way of a messiah one who would contain the, the, the ideas of a prophet to communicate God's will that would be also a priest to connect us to God but also king that would provide just the right leadership and direction that we need. Isaiah forty two six talks about this one. It says, I am the Lord God and I have called you righteous talk into Israel. I will take you by the hand and keep you and I will give you as a covenant to my people a light to the nations. And out of the nations of Israel would come, this one who would provide for us the light needed to light up life. And we know that one to be Jesus. John in the New Testament, chapter eight, verse 12, Jesus says directly, I am the light of the world. Because he is, he's the one that can light up life, give us direction and leadership and and, and hope and all of that that we're talking about. And Israel had developed and struggled, As, as Israel developed and struggled, God sent them these reminders for them to, to follow his way of life and that one day the light of the world would come, Messiah would come. And Micah chapter five is one such telling. Israel was most likely under attack. Matter of fact, I want not you take your Bible and open up to Micah chapter five. Micah's in the Old Testament if you're not already there. Chapter 5, in the middle of all of Micah's other uh, prophecies and, and, and challenging them with God, he says this, you, Israel, muster your troops, O daughters of troops. A siege is laid against us with a rod. They strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. And you're going, wow, what is that talking about? It almost sounds sarcastic, and it is. Because Israel at the time was under siege. They were in a no-win situation. And so to muster their troops is just ridiculous because they were under a not-so-great leader and they were very vulnerable and in a place where they were desperate. And Micah says, don't lose hope because a great leader is coming. In the same way with us, we're not to lose hope because our Messiah is here. Jesus is here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 says, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed because of Jesus. And I know some of you feel some of these ways, afflicted, perplexed, or bewildered, or in confusion, or anxious, persecuted, struck down by all the difficulties of life and the struggles maybe even you stepped into. And Jesus is our only hope. And we each can receive this gift of Christ. And we each can enjoy the blessings of the gift. But yet the true value of the gift of Jesus is experienced when we engage and when we interact with him. So let's look at these three important reasons for the gift of Jesus. Why the gift of Jesus? Because God knew we needed the first one, a leader, to follow. Look at verse two of Micah chapter five. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Ruler means one who takes charge, who sets things in order, a king, a leader. And yet with the words, uh, yet yeah, the this word has a hint of the Lord's rule. And those who heard Micah's prophecy would understand the qualifier that was listed who comes forth is from old, from ancient days. That points to the promise of the unlimited king, ruler, prophet, priest, king, Messiah. The promised given to David, Israel's greatest king. And if you want to see that, just take your Bible. You're in Micah. Go over to 2 Samuel, or you can just listen as I read it, chapter 7, uh, verse 12. Samuel, the prophet, is, is speaking, God is speaking through Samuel to David and says, When you, David, your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, in other words, it's time to end and you die, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body, your lineage, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, God says, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Uh, And it even goes further back. Genesis chapter 49, verse 10 where it says a scepter shall not depart from David. That scepter is that, that royal scepter that each uh, king and had in their hand, giving them the right to lead from God. That scepter will not depart from Judah. Judah is a tribe of Israel's many tribes. Judah was a tribe that David came from, that Messiah will come from. But also Isaiah 9, 6, where it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And in Zechariah chapter nine, verse nine, where it says, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud the daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you with shouts. So the shouts were recorded in Psalm 118, verse 25, where it said, Hosanna, which literally means take leadership and save us. Remember those words. Some of you remember the way that that's Easter, Mike. Yeah, that is. When, Je- when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, they quoted Zechariah 9.9 9 and Psalm 1825-11-25. Save us, Hosanna. Israel was looking forward to this great leader, this Messiah who would be that prophet, priest, and king, that right leader that would make things right. But born in a humble place, this little town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem means literally house of bread. Ephrathah is another name for Bethlehem, which means fruitful, that out of this town would come forth the bread of life and a fruitful life under his rule and his leadership would be if we follow him. So is is that leader Jesus? Well, Micah says that he will be born in Bethlehem religious leaders of Jesus' day actually knew that, take your Bible again and if you would follow me or you can just read it out along as I go uh, or listen to it as I read. In Matthew chapter 2, we actually alluded to when we read the thing for the Advent calendar or Advent uh, wreath in in Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of of Judah, The days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who is born king of the Jews? They knew that a king of the Jews was born because they had understood these prophecies from uh, Genesis to Zechariah to Psalm 118 and to Micah. They knew of this. They had studied the Old Testament. They knew that there would be a king born in Bethlehem. For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, they were troubled in all Jerusalem with them, and they assembled the chief priests and scribes of the people, and he inquired of them where the Christ, the Messiah, would be born. And they say, I haven't got a clue. And that's not true. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, that's Micah. Here it is in the New Testament. And you, O Bethlehem, the land of Judah, by no means are least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is shepherd to my people. He's quoting Micah. John 7, 42 says the same thing, that this ruler, this, this leader will come from Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem where the shepherds were told that the Christ, the Messiah was born in Luke chapter two, verses eight to 18. We'll look at that later on this month. So the question is, Yes, Jesus is that leader, but the question comes from us Is Jesus truly our leader? And are we following him? See, the problem is we let so many things lead us in life money, popularity, uh, the current way of the world, shame, political preferences, other perceptions, our emotions, our hurts, our habits other influencers, and even just ourselves. And yet each of those will eventually lead us not in the way we were created to, be, to live. See, Jesus is the only right and good leader. He is the, the good shepherd, as Micah 5.4 says. We'll read that in a moment. But he is the one who can bring in that goodness to our life. I don't know if you've ever tried to follow something else and it comes up empty every time. I know I have. Emotions, what I thought was right in life, always comes up empty. But Jesus, He can bring help and hope and rest and belonging and purpose and fulfillment in life and certainly bring peace. But see, leadership is given, not taken. And to let Jesus lead is a constant and continual choice to follow Him, to look at His teachings and align life his way. (laughs) Like in the area of getting our way. We're adept at that. Or uh, be it a conflict or in in, in thinking or insights that our way is the only right way. Truth is Jesus' way is the only right way. Remember he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? He really is. But a lot of times we just let the current take us and long, no real effort to follow Jesus. If it happens, it happens. And yet that current always leads away from Christ, not towards him. Micah reminds them: a ruler, a leader is coming, and we know him to be already here. It's Jesus. So will we follow his lead? Will I follow his lead? Will we put forth effort, real effort. To understand his teachings and apply them. See, we we can just know about this gift of Jesus. Come on a Sunday, get some good God filling in us, sing some fun songs, walk out with a big smile, and say, "Oh, that was great!" But it it happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all throughout the week when we actually take in God's word and begin to apply it in our life. The true value of the gift of Jesus is experienced and we engage and interact with him. And maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to give Jesus the real title of Lord in our life and make him the true leader of our life. I remember uh, I'd come to Christ, I'd come to faith, I'd understand that I needed a savior, I was sinful and it's Jesus. And so I needed a savior, I was in, in a very dark place and so I, I, I received the gift and kind of played with it a little bit. Went to church a little bit more fervor and But I really hadn't made Jesus the Lord of my life. I really hadn't come to that place where saying, you know what? I'm tired of living my life by, my way. And I finally yielded to him. And actually it was a moment of prayer. It was like not receiving the Lord again because I'd already done that, but it was actually just saying, Lord, you are i giving you the control of my life. And I got to tell you, since then, it has been a world of difference. And maybe that's where you are. And I want to encourage you, as we head into a communion time in just a few moments, that you take that moment and say to him, Jesus, be my Lord. I don't just want to know about the gift. I want to interact with that gift and see its true value. Why this gift of God? We need the leader to follow, but also to have a verification of God's promises. Look at now, go back here in Matthew, go back to, to Micah chapter five, verses now three and four. Therefore, he shall give them up. You know, this, this person of ancient days is coming, but therefore he shall give them up until a time when she who is in labor has given birth and the rest of his brothers shall return to his people of Israel, saying that, hey, there's gonna be more trouble before Messiah comes, before he really takes his leadership. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock when he comes into leadership. In the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. Yeah, life is gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be tough till to either get to heaven or Jesus reigns supreme in this world. And yet God promises to send us this good shepherd Messiah and who will care for and guide us. Israel so as to hang on to this promise and we find the verification of that promise in Jesus. The apostle Paul, when he was writing to the Corinthians, put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for all the promises of God find their yes in him, that's Jesus, That is why it is through him, Jesus, that we utter our amen, saying, so be it, to God for his glory. Israel needed this in these deep times of defeat and still does, and so do we, to focus on the great, helpful promises of God all found in Jesus, and the Bible is packed full of God's promises, all validated in Jesus, all verified in Jesus. Let me just give you a few. God promises to take care of our needs. Philippians 4, 19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Not our wants, but our needs. God promises to answer our prayers. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Again, not always our way, but God's way. He will answer our prayer. It may be yes, no, or later. But God will answer our prayers. God promises to be with you. Matthew 28, verse 20, the last part of that verse says, I will be with you always to the end of the age. If you've come to faith in Jesus, he is with you. Well, I don't feel him. Your feelings don't lead you. Let the word of God and the truth, when he says, I will always be with you, It doesn't mean sometimes or only if you're good or only if you are loving me completely and in worship. No, always, even in the midst of your sin, Jesus is right there. You've just turned your back on him, saying, I don't want your way, I want my way, but Jesus never leaves. He says, I will never, never, ever leave you. Please hear that. There is no sin that can push Jesus away. He is always there. Someone here needed to hear that. And it's true. And God promises freedom from sin. John 8, 36. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And all you need to do is to come and to face Jesus and recognize your sin, to say, I am sinful, and I know that that sin blocks me from God, and to receive Him. And I encourage you, if you haven't yet done that, take this time, this day, this first Sunday of Advent and make that for when you do, that promise is secure that nothing can separate you from God, Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am sure of this, that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor heights nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Man, believe that. The point of these promises is, 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 to place, is placing our trust in Jesus enough to rely on him, to believe in him, to lean on him. It's like trusting in those gift cards. I have a bunch of them. I can trust that they work, but the real trust is not found until I actually use them. The same it is with Jesus. Until you actually live life with him as leader and Lord, you won't experience that promise. Trust in him Sure, we will have to process the pains and griefs of life. This life has those, just like with Israel. But to place our hope in Jesus, who is God, I love Isaiah 40, 31, but they who wait, who put their trust in, those who wait on the Lord, who put their trust in the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. But to put your trust in Jesus, you will soar even in the midst of trials, no matter what the hardship or the trial or the issue, health or relationships or financial or in, internal struggles, issues at work, issues at school, it, a loss, family issues, friends, we can place our hope in and trust in the Lord and we will make it through. <laughs> I know it's worked for me. There's been some times before I met the Lord that I was desperate and I don't know if you ever felt that to be at a place so low that you thought that life was not even worth living I've been there and the only hope that fixed was Jesus now we can just know about this gift and all these promises but the true value of the gift of Jesus is experienced when we engage him when we interact with him So maybe it's time to really place our hope in Jesus and our trust in Jesus and actually lean on his promises, knowing that they are true, no matter how we feel, and placing our hope in this amazing gift of Jesus. One more reason Micah brings out about this gift of God is because we need a source of peace. The very first part of verse five, it says, and he shall be Their peace. At this time, and for many other times, and even now for Israel, peace was not in the picture. Maybe you feel that same way. Yet Micah was foretelling this gift of God would bring peace. Isaiah calls him the Prince of Peace from Isaiah 9 6. The angels who expressed the news of Christ being born would bring peace, as Luke 2, 14 talks about where the shepherds were there. Jesus himself said in John 14, 26, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, nor do I, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This peace, the, the gift of Jesus, brings peace with God. See, as Isaiah 59, 2 said, that there is a distance between us and God because of sin, uh, we were born into it. Not your fault, but it is your fault. It's my fault too. We're just born into this sin. And there's nothing we can do to release ourselves from it. We can't somehow cancel out by being good. And somehow it nullifies that. There is nothing we can do to fix our sin problem. And that'd be a sad place to be, but that's why Jesus came to be the savior for us. And how he dealt with that is he went to the cross, hung on a cross. All the sin of the world was dumped on him. But he didn't stay dead. He took our sacrifice. He sacrificed for us. He took our punishment for himself. And him being the righteous, holy one that he is, he satisfied that reality. And to prove it, he rose on that third day. Woo! (laughs) That That salvation is found in him and him alone. Nowhere else. And so as we that peace with God is satisfied when we come in faith saying, I get it. I'm sinful, I need a savior, and it's Jesus. So many of you have made that decision already, I wanna encourage you some that during communion to make that decision, and if you do, and or if you're still searching, <clears throat> come pick up one of these packets. It is a, <clears throat> a letter written on how to make sure that you have that saving faith. There's a lot of blessing and benefit from that reality, and I want to encourage you to step into that. The ushers will be having those at the end of the service, and you can just take one, and, and then or come up front when we have prayer time, and we'll have some for you available here. This gift, uh, Micah goes on to explain about dealing with sin, and just the last part of Micah, uh, Micah now chapter seven, the very few last verses of that, Micah talks about, <clears throat> How amazing it is that God would send us a savior. In verse 18, who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity, pardoning sin, and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? When you come to faith, you are part of grafted into Israel and in the promise of of his children, of those who believe. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. One of my favorite words of the Hebrew Bible is the word chesed which is the steadfast love of God. It's a never ending always present always flowing unconditional love that God says I love you. Chesed his loving kindness and he will again have compassion on us he will tread on our iniquities underfoot he will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. God does that. And Jesus said, when we follow him, live life his way, that that peace from him, peace with God but peace from him will permeate our lives. There's a unique kind of peace when we are following Jesus. It's again, relying on, leaning on, trusting in him and his way, that, that, that interactive part. See, true value The true value of the gift of Jesus is experienced when we engage and interact with him. We need true peace. It's only found in Jesus. Well, like gift cards, the gift of gift cards, the true value is found in actually using it. So it is with the gift of Jesus. God makes it available to any and all who would reach out because the truth is we need a leader to follow And we need a verification of God's promises. It's all found in Jesus. And we need a source of peace, all in Jesus. It's not just knowing about the gift. True value of the gift of Jesus experienced when we engage and interact in him. Just like gift cards. So I wanna give you a little challenge. I know many of you have stacks of gift cards in your house. So next Sunday, bring them. And we're gonna take a gift card offering. Uh, if you want to give them up or just give them to somebody who you know will use them. But we're, we'll take these and we'll uh, work them around. I've already talked to our bookkeeper and, and to Shannon and she's ready to kind of process through and see how much is left on there and how, how to work it out so we can bless other people whether it's through benevolence or other different ways and we're gonna find out ways to do that. So if you want to bring them, bring them next week. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you um, for this incredible leader to follow this Validation of your promises and the peace that you Jesus bring um, we need that gift well, we long for that gift I long for that gift I'm so excited when I interact and experience you you're an amazing leader and an amazing Lord help us to not just know about you Jesus but to actually interact with you and embrace you Bless us, we pray, as we move into this time of communion. Amen. When Jesus was around this earth some 2,000 years ago and he was about heading towards the cross, he gathered together with his disciples in an upper room and went through a Passover meal, which is a meal talking about God's redemption from the slavery in Egypt. And so this, this Wonderful time, uh, Jesus gave new meanings to this very meaningful dinner, that he would be the bread of life to sustain them, that he would be where true redemption of sin is found. And those are found in the cup and the bread that's being taken. And so as, as centuries have gone on, we have continued that tradition, being reminded of the gift of Christ, that he is that one who is our bread of life. He's a true leader that we can follow. He's the one that that we can allow to, as we interact with him, give us sustenance for life. And he is the only place where redemption is found. And so our tradition here is that once a month we have communion and and we have stations all around the room. If our elders or or leaders would come to those and get ready to hand those out, uh, we'll be taking them. There'll be a couple stations on this side of the room, a couple ones back and over in here. If you need a gluten-free option, that's right over here. Uh, and that would be helpful for you. Uh, we want to be able to do that. Communion is a great time to be introspective, to be encouraged uh, by who this gift that is. And, and maybe you need to make Jesus your Lord again. Take a time and pray that. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry I have put you to the shelf. I want you to be the Lord. Maybe you need to receive him for the first time by just simply saying, God, I get it, I'm sinful, I need a savior, Jesus, it's you. You can pray that during this time. And if you ever pray either of those, at the end of the service, we're gonna have a prayer time, come up and, and let us know that we can pray for you. But let me pray, and then and the song will be sung, and then one of our elders, uh, Jeff, will come up and lead us in the taking of the elements. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift that you are to us. The bread of life, the, the uh, redemption of sin is found only in you. And Lord, as we recognize and realize this, draw us ever closer to you, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.